and it transforms me, it transforms us, it transforms our world, your world. Your love transforms your world. And so we just, we look to that, Lord. We look to that with hope and optimism. And um, we just bless Chuck as he comes, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that spot right there, like when we're in the middle of worship and you're singing and it's just you and it's just him and you're aware that the rest of us are here but it's really just the two of you all like that's the truest thing about you like that's who you really are and so sometimes it feels like you get to that moment or you've been away from that moment you're like ah, if I can just get back to that moment and it's like that little line that Jana was talking about earlier and it's like this lifeline to be pulling back up or he's descending to you and the challenge is that's the real you and figuring out how in the moment to take what feels like that little crack, that little line and push it out and just go, this is my whole life. I, you and me, this dance, I exist for you. You got everything. I'm in you. It's good. And I'm so good. And I'm just going to extend this out and all the shit that's stirring up. Everything that he's talking about to you right now, like just being able to see that his love and his hands are just going, I got all this, and I so got you, and it's good. It's good. Last night when we were singing, um, this is a move, I got this picture of, like, I, I hate moving. Like, I don't know about you, I hate moving, and I got this picture in worship of the last couple of boxes, right? Like, you know... You're just trying to figure out where does this fit? How do I put that in there? I, can I just can I just put it on the truck as it is somehow? Can you just like throw it in the truck? And I got this picture of a woman just trying to manage the rest of the move and Jesus coming Jesus coming in and like what are we doing? Like let's just let's go get in the truck and walking out and there's nothing in the truck. There's nothing in the truck and you and him get in the truck. And you drive and you're going to a new place because all the stuff that you're trying to jam in these last little boxes, you don't even need. That's so good. Like, so in John 14, you don't have to turn there because you all like, this is like one of those early things that you memorized. In John 14, he said, I'm going to go make a place for you. And in the way that this verse has been taught to you, it's like, it's like your heavenly 401k plan, right? It's for much later, farther on. That's, no, it's not. Because over and over and over and over in the New Testament, it talks about being in Christ. I'm in Christ. So he came. I said, I'm opening up my life. I'm opening up my heart. And your place is in my heart. Your place is in me. And so if you need a move, you already live there. <laughs> like, so figure out. My friend Chad Brooks the other day said, I've, I've come to a place in my life and the Lord asked him a question. What, has to, what do I let go of and what stays here and what do I need to take with me? What's going with me on this journey with him? And what's staying behind? So, um, my talk, my talk's a terrible name. Jana, the, I'm sorry. It's okay. But Jana, the other, night, the other day, was like, hey, let's just do 12 hours of worship. I was like, yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> Especially because my talk is supposed to be called Life After Porn. Um, but really... What I want to do is affirm who you are as women and confirm the calling on your life 
and remind you that whatever hurt you've been through, whatever betrayal you've been through, whatever men have done in your life, um, man, I just want to, I want to wash that off. I want to maybe give you some ideas, but I want to remind you that there's, there's a love that passes knowledge and there's a love that passes understanding and you're wrapped up in that love. And part of this journey will just be like, how do I keep just coming into this line and now push this line out and push this over my life? Because who you are and what you say about me is all I care about. So there are, um, you guys know our story. So if you don't know our story, I'm sorry, but we'll try to fill in gaps. But I'm not necessarily going to talk a ton about our story. Um, So there are, there are situations that guys are going through. um, And really for a, for a man, uh, it's a heart problem. It's this, it's this complete disconnection. And, and for most of the men that I know, most of the men that I know aren't anywhere near where you all are on your journey. Right. Is this a fair statement? Okay. So part of this is figuring out how to um, love the men in your life well enough to go. You're going to have to find your own heart and I can give you some clues. I can't do it for you. I can pray for you. I can help you find your breakthrough and then figuring out how to guard your own heart in the middle of it. Love the men in your life well and trust that Jesus is coming after them too. So there are some, um, these, these problems for a man, it's not, it's not, it's not that he's working all the time or that there's sex somewhere else besides you in his life or all these things that are, that appear to be external. It's all coming back to his heart and his ability to be connected. And he's got to, he's got to take care of that. But in the, in the hurt and in the hard, hard parts of it, there are myths that um, have been thrown at you all that, that are just not true. They're just myths. And some of the myths that um, women have come to believe is a guy saying, I used to have that problem, but I just stopped. Or I told him that he needed to stop, and he, and he did. Because that may not be the reality. And there are myths that men believe that say, I've got this under control it's not that big of a deal and it wasn't a real woman. It's just sex. Um, but there is a, there is a deeper level of lies that are going on in a guy's head that I just want to make you aware of that there, a guy named Ken Nair wrote a book called discovering the mind of a woman a bunch of years ago. And I don't know that I recommend all of it, but he's got four things that he believes that are kind of institutionalized chauvinism that exists for men that women are impossible to understand that um, women are actually the real problem in a marriage, that women are inferior to men, and that men are supposed to be the boss. So part of our job together is to love guys well enough to know, to, to help them see none of those things that they believe about women are true. Women can be understood. You're not the problem. By no means are you inferior. It's like you were talking about uh, the, this idea of the weaker sex so I think that there's a place where uh, maybe we could look at athletes and go, 
10% um, faster or 15% stronger or some kind of thing like this, but a man could never deliver a baby, right? <laughs> if God had handed that to Adam, the human race would have died out in the second generation because <laughs> Adam would have said to Seth and the other boys, like, I know it looks fun. You don't want to do that. Like, yeah, we don't, anyway, all right, no jokes, no jokes. Um, so there are, some, uh, there are some truths that God believes and what God believes about these situations for men and for women is that worship is the pathway out, that shame isn't going to heal your heart, and that you can choose a God of comfort over coping because that's what's happening, right? That's what's happening when a heart is shut down. Sure. Uh, worship is the path, pathway out. Shame doesn't heal your heart. And choose a God of comfort over coping. What's the second one? Um, shame doesn't heal your heart. So, Jan and I went through a, a lot of incredibly difficult years, and your, your husband's story, your brother's story, your dad's story, your son's story won't necessarily be my story, but I think I wanted to come before you today to go, if he can do it in me, he can do it in any man in your life or around your life, because... I wish that I could, I almost wish I had like some video that I could play you or audio that I could play you or something to show you that I, I loved, I loved camping out in my sin. I was a whitewashed tomb. I was hungry after scripture. I, I think I knew the Lord. I think I knew something of the Lord and I wanted to do that. But man, I loved being able to come back and go, this is what makes me feel okay. This is what this is what I actually want. And I, I despised Jana. So you might watch us now and go, gosh, they just, everything's easy for them. It's great. I'm like, no, it's not. It wasn't, <laughs> you know? And, um, and uh, worse than you can imagine. I mean, I remember going in small group and just being like this in small group, wanting to divorce Jana and going, I dare, I dare my small group leader or anyone in this group right now to give me something hopeful or positive because I freaking hate her and I'm done. And just being like that in in small group. And people around me loved me and kept pouring into me. And she saw things about me and other people saw things about me. And and God just kept God just kept coming after me. And I was like an unwilling, um, unwilling but in his tractor beam, him pulling me in, you know? Um, so I guess part of that what I want to say is what you see today, what feels stuck, what feels broken, what feels over right now might not be. Maybe it is. Maybe there's a place for space. And maybe you got to do something different. Like we had to, I had to move out for three weeks, right? Back in 2009, this was a consequence that we teed up together related to um, my addiction, my stronghold sin, whatever you want to call it. And, and I moved out. And when I moved out, I went, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my kids. Like, Stiff consequences actually mattered in my life to go like, you can't keep having both worlds, Chuck. You can't keep them and me and this whole thing and her. 
So, uh, a couple of tips and tricks for what it's worth. How are we doing time? I'll let you know. Okay, thank you. Thanks, babe. Um, so, believe the behavior. If you've been around recovery at all, like this is a term that you've heard, uh, and it's just flat truth. If, if a guy says he wants to get well, but he has no community, he's not reading books, he's not calling a sponsor or a friend, he's not talking to people. If, if you don't see behavior that's different from the behavior that you saw before, like he's, he's not doing it. Does that make sense? Um, so, um, there are times where, uh, there are times where I would go do things to just go CYA, help Jana feel better that I'm doing something, but my heart wasn't in it. So it's, it's really, there's a place where God has given you a gift of discernment. You're not crazy, right? Like God would speak to Jana. I would go, what? What do you mean this hearing God thing? What are you what are you talking about? And I would I would lie to Jana and I caused her to doubt who she was in the Lord and how she was hearing from him. So you are hearing from him. And then it's a part of like carrying something well. Because you know, sometimes prophetically, the Lord gives you a word for somebody, and you're supposed to go give that word to them, and you're supposed to strengthen and build them and encourage them. Like it talks about prophecy in the new testament and other times the lord is showing you something so that you're better equipped to pray or you're better equipped to go as as wise as a serpent but innocent as dove i'm going to navigate this crooked path well because the lord is showing me what's really going on and i'm going to love you fiercely and i'm just not going to put up with your crap so what we're looking for and around the believe the behavior is willing to be healed and well that's what we're looking for at the point where there's an eagerness about the work, that there's an idea of maximizing recovery. Um, boundaries would be number two. Believe the behavior boundaries. You're responsible for your own relationship with the Lord. Both men and women. We both are. Like you can't, you can't make him go to group. You can't make him do whatever. You can't make him like go listen to this song over and over and over and over and over even though you know it would be good for him to just camp out in a song. It's like you can suggest and encourage, but he's got to do it. You got to take care of you. He's got to take care of him. Together, you both can bring change. Um, You are not responsible for meeting his every need or making him well. You've got to break the lie that you owe him, that you owe him anything. Like, I thought you said you'd forgive me. Why aren't we having sex? I was like, Jana's leaving. Why is Jana leaving? <laughs> In boundaries, remember what I said earlier. I tried to keep I tried to keep both worlds together, and I could only do that as long as that was actually an option, right? So, what's my part in that? How do I play in that? Do you have a question, Rachel? No. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry to call you out. 
He's like, I saw you do that. Okay, all right, gotcha. Um, no worries. Um, so this is about um, both of you finding your own heart and finding God's heart. This would be my, like, number three. This might take longer than you want it to, but you both will be changed in the process. Remember that... So when... Um, go into this too far. You've heard Janet teach on this before. When they were both in the garden and they were both given the call to take dominion and to bear fruit and multiply and all the promises that God gave in the garden, the idea was um, it's not good. Like the only thing not good in the garden, it's not good for him to be alone. So Azer Konegdo, the word, a helper suitable, a, a peer, an equal, a completing side, a side that would nurture, a side that would love, a side that would show relationship, right? This whole thing that this package that a woman brings in context, this isn't a lesser than here to do the dishes, here to take care of laundry, here to do all the other crap that I don't want to do while I go out and live my dreams and you help me go do that. That's not the plan. The plan is peers, co-heir, shared mutuality and connection and together as a unit reflecting the image of God in the world, the face of God that no one will see without you just being you and you being the picture of God that no one else could be, but you can be, and a, and a picture of what the love of God is like in your marriage. And right now, that can feel like, huh, how do I even get there? And a lot of this is just coming back and saying, I don't see it yet. But you say it, and I'm going to call it, like Crystal said earlier, she, um, she was talking about uh, Romans 4.17, where God says to call things that are not as though they were and to bring life from the dead. Amen. And that's part of your calling in this is to go, I'm not seeing it right now, but this is what God says, and I'm going to camp out on it. And I don't care if it takes 20 years, and I hope it doesn't, right? I hope it takes a year, two years, three years, but um, all right. You model relational awareness and intimacy. You carry relational awareness and intimacy, and he needs to see your example. He's going to learn from your example. So whether he wants to or not, you keep spending time with the Lord. You keep digging in with sisters. You keep building relationship. You keep inviting him into community, and you do all of what you do um, and go, like I've said to the team earlier, it's like, go after your own breakthrough. Whether he wants to stay hard-hearted or not, you, you go after it. Jesus is closer than you know. He's fighting for both, both of you, but work on you and intercede for him. All right, here's a couple practicals. We're going to clip through these kind of fast. So, discover your own heart and relationship and don't hide it. Pray with him and for him, even if he balks. Make declarations over him in this. What's that? Slow down. Thank you. Thank you, Haley. We might, we might post these later. Could we post these bullets later? Okay. Discover your own heart and relationship and don't hide it. Pray with him and for him. Even if he balks, make declarations over him in the spirit. 
Beyond that, ask God, show me what you meant. When you thought him up, who did you make him to be? What do you see that I don't see yet? Find community for you and also for the two of you as a couple. Get around other women who support you and your marriage. Use your voice and trust that you're hearing God's voice. Oh, I got more than this. I know. Do you want me to start all over again? Okay. Discover your own heart and relationship and don't hide it. Pray with him and for him, even if he balks. Make declarations over him in the spirit. Ask God to show you who he made him to be. Find community for you and also as a couple. Get around other women who support you in your marriage. Use your voice and trust you are hearing God's voice. Can I say something about this really quickly? Don't look there. Just write it down. Luke six forty seven. It's the end of um, Sermon on the Plain that Jana was talking about last night. And Jesus just presents the challenge, right? Like, here's this flood. Here's a house that stood. Here's this flood. Here's a house that didn't. But right before it, he said, I want to show you what she's like, who comes to me and hears my words and puts it into practice. So I want to focus on that idea of the words. Like you are hearing God for yourself. If you think about the stories that you've heard over this weekend, it hasn't been, oh, and I got these three perfect bullets from somewhere else. It's like I duked it out with the Lord. He told me like in Crystal's talk, like here are specific things that God told her and showed her in Janice's talk. Here are different things he revealed to me. So trust about, trust the way that you're hearing God's voice and dig into that history with him because his word in you and for you is gonna be better than anybody's, anybody else's book that you could read. So it's like trust that and ask him and go after it and write your own book. I didn't say that very last, last part very nicely, Crystal. I'm sorry but you need to write your own book too. <laughs> All right. Um, don't try to make him like you, like you are. Do you want him to like you? Don't, don't, don't try to make him like you because he's not a woman. So he's not going to be just like you. His journey with God isn't going to look just like yours. That's okay. Um, realize who you are in God and be confident and be bold around men. So, uh, we'll come back to that. So, last is just kind of an, an idea to help him find his heart. Men have... Just as many emotions as women. Okay, right? Of course we do. 
right? It's just that for guys, they have mad, sad, bad, glad. Like they don't have, they don't have a vocabulary. And so every time something comes at them that they don't understand or they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm such a poser or oh my gosh, they don't approve of me. Oh no, I'm going to get fired. All these different things that men have that, that come up for them that they have no vocabulary for, their heart just shuts down. Their heart sees those words and goes, ah, I don't know what to do with that and throws it down in this big balloon. And this balloon gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're like, oh, I cannot even withstand the pressure of this now. And I got to cope. And they go to whatever they got to cope with. So the place to help a man find his heart is go talk about your feelings. Talk about what's happening. Like, I, like, to, like we did a feelings and affirmations exercise that we got from a guy named Doug Weiss. Um, and Weiss just said, grab two feelings every day for a man and link them back as early as you can in memory. So like, um, um, I feel really joyful around this whole event today because I see um, you guys and I see, I see you all and what's happening with the Lord. And I remember being a kid and being surprised by my dad and getting ready to, getting to go out on a, uh, at an air show and see a plane at an air show, a particular thing that my dad was able to set up. And I just, I like to remember that early feeling of joy around that moment. So helping a guy find his heart by being able to name feelings and link them back in memory, um, that, that will help, that will, build, that will build vocabulary for him. And as he builds vocabulary, then stuff is coming at him and instead of having to stuff it in the bag, he's able to go, hey, babe, you know, today this happened and I was in that meeting and I felt like such an asshole. I was like embarrassed. And and like all of a sudden it's like, oh, huh. just throw that one in the river and let Jesus take that wherever it's going to go. But it didn't go in the bag. It didn't go in the balloon. It's not developing pain. So a friend of mine said in his recovery, I resolved I'm never going to have a feeling I'm not going to be able to name. So that will help. Uh, the affirmation part of it is just he doesn't have a vocabulary for telling you how awesome you are. So you want to help him with that. And even if it's little stuff, even if it's little stuff like, hey, I saw you put the top on the toothpaste. Thank you. Like, or, hey, thanks for making dinner. Like being able to help your husband build a vocabulary or the men in your life build a vocabulary to give praise and give that away and give affirmation. That's he's got to learn relationship and those are two foundational things you can help him with um all right a couple other things and we'll start wrapping up so let's go look at let's go look at song of songs as you're taking care of you in this process some of this really sucks so we can make light of it and we can speed up the timeline. But man, if you're in the middle of it and you're like, this is, this is horrible and I don't know how to take the next step. I want to talk just a little bit about how do you protect you in the middle of it. So flip to songs uh, right after where Jana was talking earlier today. Look at songs chapter 2 verse 8. I'm going to read it to you a little bit. I want you to picture this story as you with Jesus, that you're the maiden, that you're the one that he wants, and he's the one that would do anything to have you. Listen, my lover, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, 
There he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My lover spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Fragrance, Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. So he is faithful. He's the lover. He's the one that will carry your heart. And as he carries your heart and convinces you of the truth, of the beauty that you are, of how amazing you are, what a gift you are to all of us that you're here. Um, flip over. Maybe it's close in, the, in your Bible, but um, Songs 416. I'm going to read this to you. It says, Awake north wind and come south wind. Blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread abroad. Let my lover come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. So there's a place in your life where you're just going, whatever it takes to change me, you have, you have my permission. Right? This isn't about rescuing your marriage or rescuing an outcome or any of these other things. This is about you and, and believing how he really feels about you. And part of that is like spending time and letting him sing that song over you and you just get into a place where like, come get me, come get me. And he can take care of you. I can't tell you what the outcome will be in the, any of the relationships because sometimes guys are just hard-hearted and they don't flip, yeah. right? And it's a relationship needs to end and they're not gonna change. And you might have to make a really hard call, but man, if you can rescue you in the process of it, if you can rescue your own heart and you can walk out whole and intact and in love, it's like at the end of songs, there's this beautiful part in, in chapter eight where, where the friends say, who's this coming up from the desert, leaning on her lover? Like they're just stunned. Like, look at how, look at all that she's been through and look at how in love she is. Like, that's what we want. So, um, two things. One, I wasn't the guy, but for my side of the human race, I apologize to you for dads that didn't show up, dads that hurt you, men that abused you. The different things right now that you're coming up and you're like, man, I have been so harmed by a man. For, for my side, I apologize. I, that wasn't your fault. It's not who you are. You didn't deserve that. You didn't provoke that. You didn't prompt it. You didn't make that happen by something you said, did, or wore. And I'm sorry for the way that you've been made to feel responsible for all the bullshit that men have put towards you into your life. The second thing is, as the other part of this side of the human race, we need you to be you fully realized. Because there are a couple of us out there that believe that you're worth it and that you matter and that your voice matters. And so I just want to pray for you. I just want to bless you. Walk it out. Be strong. 
Azer Konegno, your name in scripture is a name mostly used by God, about God, right? That you carry a piece of God that none of us are going to see if you don't walk it out, if you don't walk in who you are. So God, I just bless my sisters to receive this wild, abandoned love from you. God, that you are first on the mountains and next you're coming on the hills and then you're right outside the wall and you're looking through the lattice and then you're in the room, God, because you delight in them and you desire them and intimacy and connection and fullness and wholeness is what you want with them and for them. And so God, bless my sisters to receive all that you have and I just ask God, help them open their heart to just say, come, blow through my garden. You have permission to do whatever you want. So God, I just ask for that kind of worship and connection and love to pour over my sisters. And uh, I just thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.